0: Hey, Joel here. It's Dining Around. We're broadcasting from the capital of American Gastronomy, San Francisco. But we're San Francisco adjacent today. We're at the Ritz Carlton in Half Moon Bay. It's an absolutely beautiful property with um, with enough history of people coming and going and having good times, weddings and parties and just relaxing and maybe having a little bit of golf in there as well, or a spa in between. And what they've done is they've set up this series of culinary classes just, just to give their guests something additional and exciting to do. People who are chefs with restaurants here with, with backgrounds that are, of course, international. It is the Global Cuisine Series, and I'm fortunate now to have with me Chef Charles Fan, who's the executive chef and founder of the Slanted Door Group. Chef, thanks for uh, thanks for having me to your cooking class today, first sure. of all. I appreciate it. Thank you for coming. I learned something.
1: Um, Okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) When you put together a a cooking class like this, when you have hotel guests who are some are from the Bay Area, but many are from other places, is there anything that you prepare in advance? Is there anything that you think of in order to bring them into your own style of cooking?
1: Uh, This one was a little unique. Uh, I typically like... obviously I'm not trying to train the next legion of staff uh, people who can work in the restaurant industry (laughs) (laughs) this is really for a home cook although I should be training people for work in the restaurant industry because we are short so many cooks Uh, but I I, I think um, I'm trying to uh, give you some tidbits so that you could actually make food at home by Mm -hmm. yourself um, with very little effort and I don't want to be intimidated by it. I mean, the goal is to get people eat better and cook more. Mm-hmm.
0: You know. Yeah. Well, and you uh, gave us some advice. Um, Good, solid advice about the different ingredients we were using, uh, when to cook, for example, if you're going to do fried rice, use the rice from the day before, I had never thought about that, because I've never really been a cook of fried rice, I'm an absolute eater of fried rice, (laughs) and and also the rice paper, you know, don't screw it up by dipping it in the boiling water for five minutes, I didn't know,
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this one it was really different because they they put us in a commercial kitchen, mm-hmm. you know, as you can see, and you get hands-on. Like mm-hmm. it looked like a giant party, is <laughs> mayhem, and people were burning up on to your left and to your right. And uh, uh, I think it's one of the better classes I have done because a lot of time I'm just yakking up there, <laughs> yak, yak yak, yak, right? And uh, but but this time we actually have hands-on, mm. sixteen people and. Whatever I said, it didn't register at all like half the people <laughs> just, I told them i don't put the uh, put the garlic furs and they were like. When all of a sudden, when the flames start going and it's like your uh-huh. house is burning, they start <laughs> grabbing the wrong thing. They grab the photo album and, or, or, or they grab the underwear instead of like, the photo album, you know, the more important thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's your version of Home Chef's of the Kitchen. Uh, yeah, yeah. But you're right. Or that w- dress that they want so bad instead of the the childhood uh, photo album for their kids. They grab the wedding dress. <laughs> oh, God
0: well you're right we were in the we were in the commercial kitchen and that's one part of this global cuisine series that I think is fascinating I'm fortunate in that I have been able to see behind the scenes at a couple places but as a person who hasn't been able to do that and this was certainly my first experience at the Ritz-Carlton Half Moon Bay you go behind the velvet rope and behind the curtain and you get to see the commercial kitchen you get to see what's going on in the staff lunchroom and um, I find that fascinating because it gives you a better idea of how many people it actually takes to put a dish out, to put food out in a, in a glorious dining room like Navio.
1: Well, you're not only looking... First of all, there's a big difference between hotel mm-hmm. and restaurant. You know, I only have to do, like, one lunch and one dinner. Right. I mean, these guys, like, room service, banquet, mm-hmm. they're cooking 24-7, you Good know? Point. and And um, it's just much, much bigger... Mm-hmm. Um, like they have their own laundry here, you mm-hmm. know, they have to wash their own towel because <laughs> Ritz Carlton has certain type of towel and it cannot be washed by anybody else. And huh. um no no no. You're you're dealing with like the, the, the military grade, like that <laughs> level up. I mean you go to the Slandor kitchen, yeah, it's a commercial kitchen, it's uh-huh. busy. But when you're in a hotel it's a whole nother ball game mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. because the volume of, you know, that banquet, you know. Mm-hmm. Well,
0: let's get back to your restaurants then. I mean, your different restaurants. For sure, Slanted Door is, is your flagship restaurant. I've been a number of times. I love it. I enjoy it. It's in the Ferry Plaza building in San Francisco. It's enormously popular. What about your kitchen there? Because you have both the kitchen that does the restaurant and you have the, the to-go area.
1: Yeah, we actually moved about 30 people to the Mission District and built a commissary because mm-hmm. like, we didn't have enough space to prep this food and ah. the equipment and the stock so the kitchen we're working today, mm-hmm. actually, that's a banquet kitchen. Okay. You know, so that's not the navio kitchen. So there's uh, in a hotel there's different kitchen, but but for prepping and all that, um, uh, you, you know, doing service, you, you're not making chicken stock. Right. right. It's like you're you're plating up. pho. Mm-hmm. Like you just heat up the stock and go. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's different level. Uh, then there's. Um, and in the volume and space, it's always not enough space. Everybody.
0: Um, <laughs> well, you have to have space for the diners, because you need as many tables as possible in order to get it going. Yeah,
1: there's just a lot about. Uh, I, I would just add, uh, uh, you know, Dennis and, and Namu. They just they got a new restaurant opening. It's so small. And it's, well, you guys gotta, gotta check them out. Okay. Like brand new place is about to open, and um, this is and, Dennis and, and,
0: Dennis Lee of uh, yeah, of Namugaji. Yeah, yeah. Okay
1: uh god i'm plugging them but i don't remember the name of their new restaurant but it's on divisadero somewhere Uh, anyway we all figure out how to um, get things done Mm -hmm. and uh, storage is always a problem how getting the product in storing if you start doing pickling and Mm -hmm. all that stuff breaking down whole animal like mm-hmm. a ease where do you hang a carcass <laughs> where do you hang this animal because it's got to come in you know the butcher's coming tomorrow so uh, we opted to build this 10,000 square foot mm-hmm. um, commissary kitchen in the mission well and uh, it's I've,
0: to me, it's interesting when you mention whole animal cooking because that would be something that is very Vietnamese and you mentioned that you were cooking in China and you saw some of the markets and it was very much like that. But you don't always see that in a Bay Area restaurant because of the space and the availability y- yeah, and the way and people, people have butchers. Yeah,
1: and it's just here, I mean, there's still a lot of chefs, like uh, Nopa, break down whole animal once a week. Mm-hmm. Um for those of us who have the passion and the room, would do that. Mm-hmm. But sometimes like Sandor, just the volume is so high that like one animal is just not gonna, I mean, you, you know, we go to 35 filet a day. Wow. And, I mean, then, which means we had to break down 15 cows a day, there, <laughs> and, and there's no way we can do that. Um, but what I was talking about is the, how different culture Cut their meat Mm -hmm. differently. uh, Butchering, like the French will call their flap meat bavette. And they would, even within the European culture, they cut their meat a little differently. Mm -hmm. United States butcher their meat, US butcher, French butcher is different. Chinese butcher. We were talking about with uh, Xavier and and Sanya how we were at the market and this this lady was taking this pig down Mm -hmm. and she was cutting up the port loin like scrap meat like they didn't really care about that.
0: And isn't and pork loin is, is like the main that's what we pri- that's what we yeah. prize here. Yeah,
1: Pork chop, mm-hmm. you know, like th- that's the best part of the, you know, then you got the ham, mm-hmm. right? The leg and and the, the shoulder in mm-hmm. the front. But really the best part and then the belly. Right. But the the Chinese were more interested in the belly and the ribs than the loin. I asked, like, why you cut it up into a little chunk, and they were making soup, <laughs> like like boiled meat. I was like, wow, it's interesting how, mm-hmm. um, you know, we were talking about how we're about to open this new place in Berkeley called Face right. and Bones.
0: So, and, and give us give us more information about that.
1: Uh, I went to college uh, studying architecture in Berkeley, and, um, and a couple of alumni convinced me to come back and help the school to build a cafe mm-hmm. so we can change the way we feed our young people, so. It debut middle of August. So. so is
0: it is it actually on campus then, or yeah, is it close? Yeah, in the
1: architectural school.
0: I didn't realize yeah. that. That's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's a,
1: at Worcester Hall, where <laughs> I went to school, which I never graduated. <laughs> I'm not sure they're going to give me a degree just because I cook for them. They might give you an honorary degree at some point, yeah, though. Don't yeah. you think they were going to want I you standing those, there? Walking? I got one of those from uh, USF, and my kids say, "What did you study?" And I said, <laughs> "Nothing. <laughs> this is not real. It's all fake." <laughs> so.
0: It's a nice honor, though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but you don't want your kids to sort of hang back and say Uh, they're going to get me one at some point. I'll get my own. (laughs) Whatever.
1: (laughs) She thought it was a little weird that I got something like I didn't go to school for. Um, (laughs) No, the whole idea was to go back. Is uh, how to. uh, This particular cafe didn't even have a kitchen, so Mm -hmm. you know we're putting a lot of money in, putting a kitchen, wood fire. How do you make food that are flavorful and sustainable and yet affordable? Mm-hmm. So it would be a big challenge. Though.
0: It is. It's a challenge for a lot of people, though, yeah. because some people say about some of the the restaurants that are very farm-to-table California, which is a wonderful concept and is a great way to eat. Oftentimes, the price is higher, and the price is higher because you have to pay you have to pay the farmers a living wage, and it goes all the way down. But sometimes there is that consideration of, look, I can't afford it, or or what can I afford, or what way do we go so that somebody
1: who's a student can right. have lunch? So so we were like we we buy from um, you know um, Cream, this company called Cream Co. and we buy, what um, I mean, it's just they got the best of the best, right? Mm-hmm. But but obviously they butcher the whole animal, um, so I can buy like. You know the lamb neck or mm-hmm. the lamb leg, grind it up. Then you can't have rack of lamb. Do you right. know, the rack of lamb's going to go to Slan Door. Right. It's not going to go to rice and bones. Of course. <laughs> you don't get any meat. You just get bone and rice. Right. <laughs> That's the whole name of it. You know, because you can't afford it. You know. But you get like, a
0: little meat because you know the neck you meat a little, and then no, it's
1: still flavor and, and, and you get the gravy and mm-hmm. you put it on the rice. You eat a lot of rice right. because you can't afford. You're not going to get the rack of lamb because mm-hmm. it it just. You know, but we're not going to cut corner and buying some commodity meat. Mm -hmm. It's still from the same animal. We still have the pedigree Mm -hmm. uh, raising these amazing Mm animals. But but we're going to use and get frugal and use better cut of meat and make flavor and eat less of it also. Um, Maybe we don't eat so much meat. Uh, We use it as condiment and make it flavorful.
0: And that kind of goes back to the history of eating in so many cultures. You didn't have a lot of meat. You really didn't. I mean, you had some, which is wonderful, but you really didn't have a massive amount of of the meats on your plates.
1: Well, they don't make it cheap. You know, like in Vietnam, like when you kill a chicken, it's like on your birthday or, you know, you got engaged or something. Like like you don't kill a chicken every day. Mm-hmm. Like here everybody get engaged and have a birthday every day. <laughs> they eat the <a> chicken <laughs> <It's> <laughs> they true. Eat a chicken. Yeah. Like because they make it so cheap, it's two dollars a pound. Mm-hmm. And the reality is you think about it, you pay twenty seven, twenty eight dollars a pound for ribeye and and you pay two dollars for a chicken. Mm-hmm. And you pay $9 a pound for a Bronzino wild fish you caught. So the price is all over the map. And I think just as a consumer, I think you just got to get smarter to diversify your intake of different meat, but Mm -hmm. also eat less of it or, you know. And literally, I I, I made dinner for um, four of us and had a little Thai snapper from Mm -hmm. New Zealand. I think I pay $14 whole fish, Mm -hmm. roasted in the oven with parchment paper, Um, had dinner and stir fry a little vegetable. Four of us had dinner. That's that's our meal. Right. A whole fish, fourteen buck right. A deal. Yeah, uh, you know it is, and it's also healthful eating. Yeah, as well. And, but every now and then we splurge and we have a ribeye. Chicken? Yeah. <laughs> no, or <yeah>. chicken. <laughs> well, you know the chicken story is very interesting because Cornish Cross was designed right after World War II to mm-hmm. grow really fast. So it grows in four weeks, six weeks. So right. that's why it's so cheap. Uh, now there's all these heritage bird, there's different mm-hmm. bird, but take twice as long yeah. to grow. so.
0: Well, and, and their, their patterns are different as well. I remember earlier on when uh, when the people who own Mary's chickens have Mary, had Mary's turkeys and they were heritage breed. And the very first year they were doing these turkeys and everybody wanted a 22, 24 pound turkey. And she's like, they don't grow that big. No. Like no, they just don't. They And it it was a learning curve, and the very first year, I think, the very first year, we actually got two of them instead of one, because they weren't sure how large they would grow. But over time, you learn. But it's all about the stewardship of the animal as well. And then when you're sitting around a Thanksgiving holiday table of any description, you feel as though you're sharing food that comes from a certain place, not the middle of no place, and you have absolutely no connection.
1: Right, right. <laughs> you know, it's number one, 12, 12 pounds is a better way to cook a turkey. It's easier to cook. <laughs> uh, you could always have a show bird. And then right. you can cook other part and maybe buy the lake. If you got too many relatives, maybe get point. rid of some of your relatives. Right. <laughs> <laughs> There's that. Uh, you can get rid of them, or you can cook a bunch of turkey leg on mm. the side right. to add more meat. And they don't know that it's not came from that little tiny pretty bird. <laughs>
0: That's true. That's for you. You're sneaky. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs>
1: But but yeah, it's just cooking a 25 pound bird. is, is really hard to cook. Yeah, but I, I think back to our You know the reason I, I mean a dear friend Xavier asked me to come here. Obviously, I'll, I'll you know uh, You know love to help and I'd do anything with him because I trust the man and but but really I think a lot of us in this business is really try to get people to to take the mystery out of the, all this cooking mm-hmm. Yeah uh, well, Make and it's c- c- simple.
0: And I think the home chef is more adventurous now. It yeah, has yeah, become yeah. and is becoming. And when we see restaurants like your restaurants, uh, the Vietnamese restaurants, or when we see something like Telmo Faria, who has a Portuguese, Azorean right, right. restaurant, and, and it goes on from there. Even uh, Sarah and Evan Rich, whose restaurant is California, yeah. um, you want to be a part and learn a little bit about it. And certainly from these celebrated chefs who know what they're doing, yeah. they can give you a couple of tips and also make you feel as though it's a little bit easier. I think when you totally screw up in the kitchen as a home chef, you freak out. But you, what you just realize- some
1: Campbell soup nearby. <laughs> That'll be your, okay, fine. I'll just throw everything in the garbage can. I'll start all over again. Eat but a pizza. I, I, I'll eat pizza. I won't die tonight. Yeah. Uh, but you can't, um, I mean, even, even us now, like mm-hmm. how we, I was just talking to Rich uh, with his new rotisserie place, and how he realized, like, he had this idea. He opened it, and he realized quickly, uh, like he can't cook what he thought he was gonna cook because mm. the chicken was drying out. You right. Know? Like, like he, he bought this big oven, you know, rotisserie oven, and he realized he didn't need it. He had to time it. So, so that's what we do: is mm. we 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 come up with some idea, but once we execute it, we realize all these little nuance problem. Mm-hmm. How do you achieve the best quality? Right. So what he does, he times it. And he puts in the chicken based on his volume. Now he doesn't have any chicken sitting around. So he, 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 he figured out how to get it out perfect every time. Right. And that's a mark of uh, someone who's just passionate about quality. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, if but you're it's like, trial and error. If you're at Costco, the guy would probably cook it, you know, the sooner he cooks he the sooner he goes home. So <laughs> he put them all in there, you know. He you know, take a five hour nap. I yeah. should, People line up. I, I should make fun of Costco. No,
0: no, maybe. no. It's just I understand what you're saying, though. There's yeah. a, there's a different mindset, and there's
1: nothing wrong with with any of that. No, but there's no. A different mindset. I mean, you know, that's why it's so cheap in Costco, mm-hmm. and and you they chill it, you reheat it. It's a whole different venue, but but I think like like that's why I want to do the stir fry dish because. Mm-hmm it's so cultural, right? Like, it just really, like, I didn't realize how little people know about all this Mm -hmm. stuff. I just kind of grew up with it. I see it. Well, you, I I grew up with tuna noodle casserole, for crying out loud, so... Right, and you kind of understand the logic to all this stuff, Mm -hmm. but it's actually... Quite a bit of information to understand. It's mm. not just following some little recipe.
0: Charles, before we lose you to time, and I know that you have a lunch to go to because you're hosting it as well. Uh, let's talk about. Let's give everybody the, where your restaurants are again, and and where we can find you. Uh,
1: Ferry Building, okay. The slanted door. Um, we have a little out the door in the back and get it to go. Okay. Uh, not far from there is Hard Water, which is a 450 bourbon bar with uh, whirles best fried chicken uh, according to some people I pay them to say it um, <laughs> and oh, do um, you have a big sign world best fried chicken no okay <laughs> no, I just made that, uh, since you're it'd f- me it'd be funny yeah <laughs> yeah no um yeah then we have uh, another out the door at um Bush Street, mm-hmm. or we call it OTD.
0: OTD, and that's yeah. a very neighborhood-friendly, interesting place. It's super, super neighborhood. I love going in there. Uh, yeah, so we more had this Bush, idea we're
1: doing yeah. let do fast food to go, and mm-hmm. the neighborhood just made me. I was like, why can't I have that and this, and and why can't I have shaking beef from Slandor And we start turning into like a little mini Slandor uh-huh. just for the neighbor. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it, you know, it's busy, busy restaurant um yeah th- that's it
0: um, and then of course the new place on the, the way. new
1: place in UC Berkeley called mm. Rice and Bones uh debut you know when school started in the middle of August
0: great I'm um, looking forward I'm going to sneak over and pretend I'm a student yeah yeah, yeah I'm yeah. an I'm an architectural student sure you don't have to be a student to okay eat there. Good. Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah in fact they don't even let me take their meal card points uh, <laughs> uh that belongs to the school and um and we have uh, Los Angeles and Las Vegas coming brilliant uh, um, yeah I'm looking forward Gl- to hearing more Gl- uh, downtown LA mm-hmm. and Las Vegas at the Forum Shopping Center.
0: Well, I'm looking forward to trying them all, Charles. Thanks so much again for having having me for lunch. Uh, Charles Fan again, the Slanted Door Group. Uh, The inside, the Global Cuisine Series is going on. It's happening in the Commercial Kitchen. There's a package that has to deal with beautiful, luxurious accommodations at the Ritz-Carlton Half Moon Bay, of course, and lunch as well with the chef. Uh, I'm hanging out with Charles, but coming up... Uh, Charles Olalia of Rice Bar in Los Angeles, Evan and Sarah Rich from Rich Table, uh, also Gerald Heragoyan of Pieperod in San Francisco and William Warner, formerly of the Ritz-Carlton Half Moon Bay. He's going to be here. He's a James Beer fin- Beard finalist as well. I'm Joel More Food, wine, and travel. Next time, follow me at Joel Riddell and at Dining Around on Instagram. Thanks so much for listening.